In the very last days of Jesus' life, Pilate stood before the Jews and presented them with a the decision to make. The Jews had taken Jesus to Pilate to be crucified, yet Pilate found no fault in him. But out of fear of the people, he offered the Jews a choice, one of two people to pardon, Barabbas or Jesus, murderer or Messiah, criminal or Christ. The Jews, of course, chose Barabbas to be pardoned, even though Jesus had done nothing wrong, except threatening the power of the Jewish leaders by coming as the fulfillment of the Old Covenant. So Pilate releases Barabbas. Then in Matthew 27, 22, he asked the Jews a very important question. He asked them, what then shall I do with this Jesus who is called the Christ? The Jews' response to this question would forever affect not only their lives, but their eternity as well. They screamed for him to be crucified, despite Pilate's decree that he had done no evil. The Jews then decreed that Jesus' blood would be on their hands and on the hands of their children. Someday these people are going to have to answer for this, for their response to this question of what to do with Jesus, who is called Christ. They're going to have to stand before God someday, God himself, and explain why after all they had witnessed, after all they had heard, after seeing and experiencing the very Son of God as he had lowered himself to this earth, why they would choose to crucify God's Son. Their response to this question would determine everything about their future, and it would lead our Savior to be beaten, scourged, humiliated, and hung upon a cross. It would lead to the most loving person in all existence giving his all upon a cruel and a rugged cross as he died for our imperfections, for our faults, for our sins. In their response to this question, they deemed him worthy of all of this pain, all of this suffering. They decreed that he deserved to die when in actuality he was accepting the death that not only we deserve, but that they did too. Their response to this question was not only life-changing, not only soul-changing, but world-changing. As we can see that through this terrible death, salvation has been offered to the entire world. However, they were not the only people who have ever had to answer this question. Three days after Jesus died, there stood in Jerusalem an empty tomb that a king had previously occupied. Jesus defeated death and he rose from the grave. And after he had risen, he went to go see his disciples a couple of times. Try if you can to put yourself in their shoes. Not only have you spent the better part of three and a half years with this man who claims to be and seems to be the son of God. Not only have you seen him spend this time or not only have you spent this time learning from him and hearing about this new way of living that he was bringing forth, which was so very different from anything you'd ever heard. Not only have you seen this man heal sick, give sight to the blind, make lame men walk, raise the dead, perform miracle after miracle after miracle out of nothing but love, while shutting down the greatest and most respected religious minds of the day. Not only have you seen him willingly hand himself over to a bloodthirsty mob who would in turn raise up false accusations to smear his name and to try and paint him as a blasphemous rebel before publicly publicly murdering him. But now, after all of this, you've seen him alive again. But this time, he's, he's still got nail scars in his hands. He's still got a hole 
in his side. This is the same Jesus that they had spent all of this time with. This was the same Jesus that they had just seen die. Then Jesus spends a little bit of time with them. And in clear victory, he once again leaves, but this time ascending back to heaven. What can the disciples do after all of this? What can they say except what now? After all they had seen, all they had heard, all they had experienced with Jesus, now that he's gone, what are they supposed to do with all of this? Unlike earlier, this time it's not Pilate asking them this question, but rather them having to ask themselves, what now shall I do with this Jesus? Who is called Christ. Who is Christ. Thankfully they didn't have to figure out the answer to this. By themselves. Matthew records Jesus last teaching to the disciples in Matthew 28. 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mark records this in Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Luke records in Acts 1, 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What are they to do? With this Jesus who is the Christ. They are to go everywhere and tell anybody who will listen. How could they do anything else? They have had the blessing of experiencing and having a relationship with the very Son of God. They have spent the last several years experiencing the peace, the love, the hope that only He can bring. The Jews couldn't overtake Him. Rome couldn't permanently kill Him. Death itself could not contain him or defeat him. Sin and evil has lost, and Jesus is standing victorious over all. He has shown that he is powerful enough to once and for all defeat Satan and abolish any claim that he could ever have to us. Yet still loving enough to say, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. They have found the most powerful being, the creator of the universe, whose love knows no limit. And whose desire for us to be with them is so strong that he would send his only son to sacrifice himself for our sins. They have found the answer to all life's problems and his name is Jesus. So what could they possibly do except tell everybody? They have found the peace, the love and the hope that is found through Jesus. They have found what nearly everybody on this earth is looking, searching, craving for. So how could they keep it within themselves? How could they claim to be following and emulating Jesus while refusing to help their fellow man find what they have found? Thankfully, these men didn't hold the gospel within themselves. But instead, they took it over time to the entire world. We still have it today. In Acts 17, these disciples, 12 of whom were called apostles, are spoken of during this mission as the men who have turned the world upside down. Just like the Jews at Jesus' trial, the disciples' response to this question of what shall I do with this Jesus, who is called the Christ, would change everything. Through following the teachings and fulfilling the commissions of Jesus, the world gained something that was previously impossible to attain. 
hope. True hope of a better tomorrow, even if that tomorrow comes in eternity. Someday, now we have hope that everything will be better as the pains and the cares of this life fade away. Hope of eternal life in heaven, hope of reconciliation with the God that loves us more than we could ever comprehend. The Jews and the disciples could not have had more different answers to this question. While one cried out demanding that Jesus receive the death that he deserved, the other cried out in praise and thankfulness to tell others of how he faced the death that we deserved. While in the grand scope of things, both of these answers yielded a positive result that benefits all that follow Jesus, for the individuals who gave these answers, the outcome could not be more different. God's will is done no matter what we choose to do. And it was God's will that Jesus would come to this earth and die on the cross. This was planned before the foundations of the world. But those who looked God's son in the eye and told Pilate that he was deserving of death are going to have to answer to God for it. God's will is going to be accomplished for this world whether we like it or not. What's up for us to decide is whether we are going to allow God to use us in accomplishing it. The disciples decided to do this and to devote themselves entirely, not only to following Jesus and his teachings, but also to helping others find him as well. But what about you? What shall you do with this Jesus who is the Christ? We know all that Jesus has done for us. Now what are you going to do about it? You may say, well, I'm definitely not going to be like those Jews and say that Jesus deserves to die. But I'm not I'm just not sure about giving my all to this and devoting my life to him. However, there's no in between. Jesus didn't say that the greatest commandment was to love your God with some of your heart, a little bit of your soul and just a dash of your mind. He said to love God with everything. The God that created you demands your all, and his son who died for you deserves your all. To give anything less and to purposefully withhold part of yourself from God is no different and has no different result than the Jews who called for Jesus to be killed and gave nothing at all. Consider Hebrews 10, starting in verse 26. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of of grace for we know him who said vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord and again the Lord will judge his people it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God if what Jesus has done for you is not enough then what more do you want if it's not enough for you to devote your life to him what are you expecting out of him there's not another sacrifice coming there's nothing more because he, he's already given you everything that he can. 
He's given you everything. And if you choose to cast him aside, whether by word or by deed, then someday, like the Jews responsible for his death, you will have to answer to God for it. Jesus has given his all. And therefore, he now deserves our all. So what shall you do with Jesus, who's called Christ? Will you withhold any part of yourself from him? Will you cast him aside? Will you deem all that he has done for you as not enough to deserve your devotion? Or will you give everything you can back to the one who gave his all for you? Will you devote your life in service to him? Will you spend your days on this earth growing in your love and devotion to our Lord? Will you in every opportunity do your best to help others find this peace, the hope, the love that comes only through a relationship with the God that loves us more than we could ever understand? Will you give your life to Jesus? What will you do with Jesus who is the Christ?